Who are Capcom's target audiences for Street Fighter VI, and how might pursuing them affect the game's development? Plus, Catalyst lists off his 10 most interesting characters heading into Street Fighter VI, all on this week's episode of Talkin' Block. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Event Hub's Talkin' Block. I am John Catalyst Green, with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. How's it going? It's the middle of the week. I am feeling energized. How are you feeling? I am feeling really darn well. You know that? Good. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm getting on a good winning streak here in Street Fighter V. I've got a bunch of stuff going mm. on in personal life, and things are going well. So um, we'll see if that keeps nah, up. I, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm coming off of a, a nice little uh, early week. I, I did some work in the front yard and, and did some landscaping, which feels nice. I played some Street Fighter V for the first time in a, in a little while with my buddy Tyler, uh, and, but before I go forward with that conversation, I want to say, uh, please cycle crush the like button and, uh, subscribe while you're doing that. Cause it's like just slightly, you just got to move your mouse a little tiny bit. Uh, we really appreciate it. And it, it really helps out the channel as we try to grow this thing. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I was playing with my, my buddy Tyler and I was using Luke and in between around, uh, I just, I felt convicted as I was looking at Luke's stupid face and I said out loud, man, Luke's hair is really dumb and he laughed and I laughed and uh and, and we kind of looked at each other and then at the same time I heard some kids out in the front so I walked in and sure enough they were walking across the landscaping that I had just done and I was Ooh. like what, what how do you do that so I opened the door and I yelled at the damn kids in my yard and then I turned around and looked at Tyler and I said we're old aren't we mm. and 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 I and we realized yes we're and uh and as I look at Luke um, I know that it's been brought up within this teaser that there's this juxtaposition between the new, you know, the new age of Luke and the old school of Ryu. And I was, it got me thinking, who is this game being made for? Who is Capcom's audiences? Because I think that there is at least two, probably more, but two significant audiences. And this kind of thing kind of pops up every time there's a new Street Fighter. Yeah, the, the thing about it is we, we know every single time that there's a brand new Street Fighter game, it's going to piss off the hardcore people, the get off my lawn people like you. Um, <laughs> I love that you had a literal get off my lawn moment. That's awesome. Or get off my lawn. That I totally whatever. didn't invent for that intro. Yeah, um, but um, uh, it, it's Every single time Capcom releases a brand new fighting game, it's I remember the Street Fighter 3 people. They're like, Street Fighter 4 sucks. It's a game for mm -hmm. scrubs. It's the worst game ever, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was not marketed to those people. It's marketed to the brand new people, the, the brand new up-and-comers, because playing fighting games long-term is something that most people don't do. Uh, after about five or ten years, you're usually out. You kind of play that one game, and then you kind of move on from it. Some people play long-term, uh, but those are few and far between, and, and you're so hardcore at that point that you're going to kind of play anything that you like. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's like there's a whole bunch of potential in the new crowd, of course. Right. Because you could bring in new people and grow your audience. But there's a certain sense of like expectation and culture and and I dare say um, effort and time sunk into the uh, the old crowd. I, I, let's call it the arcade generation. Yeah. So so like the older crowd is is like you, you still want to appease them and they're going to be the ones that are really digging through your game, yeah. really finding the meaning of the things that you're doing like we're doing here. You know, like I don't know how many newcomers are going to go back and, and try to like 
analyze these games and these these what Capcom is thinking. And so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of juggling that Capcom has to do with audiences, whether it be, you know, let's let's make it for the esports crowd or let's make it for the old school crowd or let's make it for the newcomers or let's make it for people that have been doing this for a while. And it seems like there's a lot of the old school crowd and versions of the new crowd. Yeah. Um, so with Street Fighter six, we don't have a ton of information. We have about 38 seconds worth of visuals, uh, but we also have a history of Capcom's practices. And so I kind of just want to open this up for a discussion and, and say, like, what do we think Capcom is aiming for with what we've seen in Street Fighter Six? And um, we've seen two characters. We've seen uh, Luke and we've seen old, boxy, tanky looking Ryu. And uh, so people are... are um, talking about how Luke looks like new generation figures, right? Yeah. Such as Logan Paul, uh, who really works because, you know, he's, he's a handsome dude. He's very prominent on social media. The kids are going to recognize them, a Logan Paul. And he's also involved with MMA, although as looking into his record, he do, he's done a lot of like floofy, uh, you know, celebrity exhibition sorts of fights, and he usually loses those. So, but he is involved. He is a fighter. He, um, he clearly trains, and he also uh, Luke looks like Ninja a good bit, the the streamer, and that's interesting because uh, you know Ninja is much more in the technological side of things and the in the online world of gaming, and I think that there are are going to be some changes in terms of how you reach those people uh, compared to how you might have reached the arcade uh, group of people, you know, the arcade crowd. Do you have any reactions, yeah. thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? So Luke starts off as a young, bright-eyed kid and, you know, kind of thing like, you know, so optimistic and other stuff. And, and by the time we see him in Street Fighter Six, which it looks many, many years down the road there, uh, Luke mm-hmm. looks older, Ryu looks older. Um, he's definitely lost that optim, you know, uh, optimistic attitude, and he kind of looks a little bit like the Joker. But as you see, you know, Logan Paul and stuff like that. That that actually does kind of mirror some of these uh, up and coming, you know, um, uh, personalities, influencers, and stuff, because they they kind of start off optimistic, and then you see them go a little ways down the road, and they become the villain, like Logan Paul and other stuff. So I'm kind of looking at Luke as definitely a protagonist, but a bit of an antihero as well, where you know he's he's not clear-cut good guy like Ryu you know it's it looks like he's hit some hard times there and he's kind of a little crazy maybe we are in the age of of anti-heroes a little bit right Mm -hmm. now I think too that that got the hair on my arms to stand up a little bit in excitement because the idea of an anti-hero there's a lot of fun you can have with that right you can have the corruptible uh person and then you know the parts of that uh that are inside of all of us the dark and the light you can explore some of the dark in in ways that you can't when you're just doing a goody two-shoes you know hollywood story and uh man that that's interesting that they might go in terms of the story and the lore where their protagonist falls into a darkness in a, a certain capacity but um you know I think of Ninja and I think of the way that games are played now. And it's such a communal thing. It went from a community within an arcade to a community that's like, you know, the size and the scope of the Internet. And we don't play games, you know, by ourselves like we used to. You might have a one player game like Breath of the Wild or something. But even then, you're usually playing with a stream watching and and commenting and talking or you're part of that stream watching others. And a lot of the other games that are played, you know, Fortnite and Minecraft, those uh, those are often matter of fact communal games where you're playing with other people that can jump in and out at any time and such. And I, and I'm wondering, how do you feel like Street Fighter 
might evolve to fit in that space a little more. <laughs> Online play is going to become the the number one way of playing the game. Uh, the number one uh, ranking points on the stuff. We've already seen it with Street Fighter Five. Um, I would love to see the people who say that online play is scrubby and other stuff like that go and point out one of the top league point players in the game and point out who that scrub is necessarily. You know, like who that person really you know is not capable of you know playing well in offline tournaments and doing other stuff like that. Because that person, as far as I know, does not exist. If you're up there in like kind of the ultimate grandmaster or above, you're capable of winning major tournaments. And I think there's going to be a re-emphasis put on points and online play coming around now offline play is still going to be the culmination of that right you're still going to have your capcom cups your evos and stuff that are offline but i i see a lot more seriousness being put into online play into the points and stuff that they have there because i think capcom's going to evolve e e even further that's really where i see the genre going yeah and if i mean the, the issue with online play previously was that it wasn't a recreation of offline play because of lag and, and how that very much affects decision making execution and the like but as we go forward and as there's an, a special attention put on making netcode work making netcode strong um and and getting rid of that division between online and offline play, I, I do think that the, the, those issues will eventually fade away, except for those that are more like, what would you say, ideologically tethered to the idea that offline is better. Um, no, the, the, can... those people are just freaking idiots because it's literally because uh, you can play a PS4 offline and it's and you can play PC online and literally PC online is better than the PS4 offline. That's how come those people are idiots. They don't under fundamentally understand how latency and delay and all that other kind of stuff work in these games. They just assume that offline play is going to be better because they're playing on a piece of crap for uh, PS4. Sorry. Um, and and it's so it, I like how for in order to edit that to say crap, you had to actually like you lose the joke because PS. And... <laughs> Thanks for keeping us PC. Yeah, not not a problem. So, um, but uh, anyway, it, it's such a it's such. I know I, I saw that one too. So ten points. Anyway, um, so Funny. yeah, bringing back an old school joke from the podcast days. But yeah, it, it, it's such a fascinating thing. And again, I I, I understand the complaints about the netcode in Street Fighter Five. But if you have a good enough good enough connection, that's not too big of a deal. And again, just our whole community, all the other esports games have really wrapped around playing online and then having like you know a major offline event, other stuff, and then you know their ranking system actually means something if you're climbing the ladder in these other games you know online rank systems it means something and, and mm -hmm. the fighting game community has not gotten to that point yet but i really think it's coming with street fighter 6 mm -hmm. so okay then I, for those that make it past just the online versus offline you might think well okay so if you're gonna make offline closer to online a big part of that is execution and while we're gonna have a better netcode experience it's probably not going to be perfect, at least not yet. And so what do you do? There's always been discussion of dumbing things down, not only for newcomers to do well, but also so that you can, you know, play, uh, uh, how would you say it, with the more, the less focused and less specific play that comes with playing online, do you design your game around that? You know, in yeah. Street Fighter 4, they put uh, they put the ability to add network conditions in training mode, meaning you could have lag in training mode, practice in training mode, which that I see that and go, I don't know. That's 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 the wrong way of going about it. But the idea of creating that, you know, making an environment where it's more catered to online or practicing in some way, 
you know, and, and we have a, the, at least one mechanic that we think is going to be part, a major part of Street Fighter Six in this sort of, uh, you know, Luke's flash knuckle and how you can, everyone can kind of do that combo, but not everybody can execute it on the level of where, you know, you go to that next level if you're able to specifically time the release and the hold and all that kind of stuff. So in terms of gameplay, do you think they're going to go for this sort of watered down kind of a thing? Or do you think that's actually going to be the key that sort of marries the two and, and makes everybody happy? Uh, definitely I wouldn't term it as watering down, but if you're designing games in this day and age without the ability to play them online, what are you doing? You know, yeah. uh, cause that's the, the main way these games are played competitively is online. A uh, vast majority of matches happen that way. Uh, I think Capcom put out a stuff like, like half a million matches a day or half like a million matches or something like that, or maybe a month or something. There's a lot of matches that are going on in just Street Fighter V, but uh, Harada actually talked about this with Tekken and he said, you know, a bunch of our moves are like, you know, seven frame startups or whatever. We don't have the three frame startups that, you know, Street Fighter does. So we're able to mask the latency that's mm -hmm. happening uh in the move startups and other things and so this has been going on for a long time people have been masking you know um uh are hiding basically latency in the startup of moves and other things like that for a long time and and, and so it, the answer to your question is an absolute yes and they, they've been doing it and they need to do more of it uh it's it just it, this is the way these games are played and if they're done well that translates perfectly to offline play as well right on yeah i'm 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 cautiously optimistic based on where Street Fighter V is now and technology and the fact that we have as a community been saying very loudly for a long enough time now what we specifically want and it's been long enough for Capcom to hear and have time to develop a game in this sort of you know context so I'm cautiously optimistic and I and the cautiously comes from <laughs> some of Capcom's other track record up until this point but I do think that we might at the very at the very least get something that is better than anything ever before in street fighter when it comes to being able to appease both the young and the old the new and the uh, the returning and the uh, the arcade culture and like what would you call it the the twitch culture or something like that of today and um so, so I'm, I am optimistic, and I would like to know if you guys are optimistic, whether or not you think that Capcom will be able to pull off whatever it is that they actually need to pull off to make Street Fighter V successful across the, the different demographics that will most likely play it. So hit us up in the comments and let us know what you think on that. Um, I have Tell me one how big of an idiot I, I am for... for and how big of Catalyst an idiot, because that's fun. So, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. The John without the H, the one that spells his name incorrectly. There you go. Uh, that's how big of an idiot I am. I can't even spell my name right, so there we go. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, okay, I, I want to speak just a little bit to Ryu and the old. I, we already discussed Luke and the new. And Capcom very often calls back to or, or uses similarity to very recognizable real life characters because usually the people the celebrities that these um, that the in-game characters are compared to are characters in and of themselves most famously and i dare say most infamously uh it was balrog and mike, mike tyson of course balrog was originally named m bison mike bison and of course that was a little bit too close uh but you also have uh, so so that's you know a huge boxing icon of the time tie it to it people are going to recognize and the point there is is not to necessarily be as obvious as balrog and m bison mike tyson but if people see your character and they think of something that they recognize even subconsciously that's marketing 101 right so there you go. But they also did it with Alex and Hugo as Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant for mm -hmm. pro wrestling back in Street Fighter 3. Um, Abel, the, the protagonist of Street Fighter 4, not as obvious here, but he is very much based on a French judo Olympian and uh, 
uh, how do you say it? Fedor Emily, Emelianenko, a Russian MMA champion. Zangief, Feilong, Sagat. Those are all based off of real life people. You can look them up. Um, and, and now Ryu. And actually Dark Horse did a story about Ryu's um, origins and how the newest Ryu kind of looks a, a decent bit like, uh, what's his name? Masutatsu Oyama, the creator of Kyokushin Karate. Uh, please check that check that article out if you haven't seen it already. It's uh, it's probably uh, not too far buried on the front page right now, and I'll, I'll link it up in the uh, description of this video here. Uh, but you know, Ryu is even being the kind of everyman sort of a character is uh, designed based on somebody else. But here's my question to you, John: Ryu, as he's reimagined for Street Fighter VI, is notably bulkier, kind of bigger, and he looks like when you stay in shape and continue to lift weights, but you are getting on an age. And there is a particular figure I've sent. I'm sending it to John in Skype right now. We haven't shown him this before, but I want to get his legit reaction to it. There's a particular figure who is both tied to MMA, is someone that 30 to 40 year olds specifically very oh much are will recognize and are in tune with. And when he takes off his shirt, looks pretty damn boxy like this. I'm not saying that his name was brought up in the in the discussion room or in the writer's room when they were thinking of, of putting Ryu together like this. But, I, I mean, Logan Paul, MMA and everything, Joe Rogan, <laughs> Ryu, what yeah, do you think? Uh, how I'm going to get myself banned off the internet here in a second, but but one of the reasons that uh, uh, was Aikaman, I think, that when they were pitching the concept of G as a presidential character, he, he drew something that looked a lot like Donald Trump, you know, and, mm -hmm. and Capcom's like, nope. You know, um, Rogan is not as controversial, uh, but he's definitely controversial. So it would be interesting to see if they're kind of doing that. But that's Capcom for you. Um, you know, transgender people are. Yeah, are... I mean, he's a little controversial and loudly controversial by those that are kind of offended by it. But man, Rogan's not going anywhere. And the amount of people that uh, if you're a marketer, like the amount of people that would see that and positively react to it, even again in the subconscious, uh, are far outweigh, I think, the kind of you know, the Neil Young's, if you will. Um, but sorry, you were, you were saying, Oh yeah, no, Capcom's just no stranger to controversy of this kind of stuff with poison being transgender, Seth being trans robot gender, whatever that, that works and stuff. <laughs> um, Capcom will, will generally invite this stuff in, but they'll only push it so far, you know, so yeah. that, that it's, so it's an interesting thing. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that, that MMA and other stuff is very hot right now. And they're very clearly, uh, you know, Hansel's so hot right now. They're, they're trying to get in on that MMA action there. And that's it's it's that that's Capcom's fingerprints all over that kind of stuff. Like I I don't know specifically Rogan, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. When you look at that image, though, do you not think that they kind of you know there's some similarities? Do you there, see there's it? Some similarities. You're gonna get, you're gonna have to stick a microphone in front of uh, in front of Ryu and have him talk about like you know who would win between a kangaroo and like a rhino if they boxed or whatever. <laughs> then we'd be set. But until that happens, I I, I don't see a, a heavy correlation, but I definitely see a a, a passing one. So, all right. So with that, if you would please head to the comments right now and let us know who would win between a kangaroo and a rhino <laughs> in a boxing match and also yeah. in a boxing match. It's, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then also, if you want, after you've after you've answered that, if you want to say whether or not you think that Ryu is somewhat connected to or in, maybe inspired by Joe Rogan, the modern Ryu is, mm. uh, let us know in that, too. But I, I had fun talking about this. Yeah, me, too. All right. Uh, so starting off here, I want to talk about the top 10 most interesting characters going into Street Fighter 6, John. But if everyone can uh, crush the psycho, psycho crush the like button. There we go. That helps out what we're doing a ton. 
and I want to get right into it here at number 10, Akuma. Akuma becomes insanely powerful by the time Third Strike ends. He's destroying Ayers Rock in Australia. That thing is nearly 3,000 feet tall. It's huge. And then he also destroys a ship. Suffice to say, Akuma is very powerful, and I can see the good guys uniting to try and take him down, uh, but the one thing uh, is Akuma only seeks out warriors at around his power level to kill, right? That's kind of like his saving grace, but he's also destroying rocks and ships and other stuff like that, so maybe, maybe Akuma's gone a little bit crazier than he already is, and the good Ooh. guys kind of need to kind of, like, you know, go around and kind of take him out. Like, I could see, you know, there, I, I think there's going to be another bad guy, which we'll get into here for Street Fighter Six, but... Akuma is only growing in power and he seems to be going a little bit more crazy. So I do think there's a potential there for actually Capcom to set up Akuma as a, a boss type of character. And that makes him very interesting to me. Well, and I think Akuma is usually a boss or at least like a hidden boss. And he's always one of the most powerful if he's not outright made to be, you know, like the Shin version of himself. But what you're saying there, I think kind of lines up with what we've seen before with him and what Capcom often uses as the bad guy force in their games and that is like chaos unleashed and the good guys have to sort of corral the chaos and bring it in and, and I think that was very prominent in Street Fighter 5 story right where they're trying to literally stop the psycho power uh, you know causing Satellites, chaos and therefore growing moons, yeah. yeah and all the moons and whatnot um, but like with Akuma uh, I don't know if it's canon because it's happened in Street Fighter 4 or not. I, I don't think it is. But him evolving into Oni when he completely, you know, is consumed fully by the Satsui no Hado, uh, that sort of sounds like the direction that you're going with that. And then, like, if Akuma were to evolve into Oni, first of all, people would be pissed because I don't think they want to see Oni. I think they want to see Akuma. So that would be an issue. But then having everybody have to go, oh, we have to go solve the Oni problem because he's just out there, you know, wrecking everything uh, would be interesting. And Akuma's always a hot character. Yeah. So. He mostly operates in the shadows, so so we'll see if Capcom actually brings him out and, and makes him a, a forefront, you know, bad guy. But you have know, him actually like, kill someone with the yeah. raging demon and actually be scary. He's a weak character. So at number nine, we have Sagat. And Sagat has had one of the more compelling journeys in all of the franchise. He's starting off as one of the most powerful fighters in the entire universe in Street Fighter 1. Uh, then he becomes a bad guy again, uh, more of a bad guy, I guess, by joining up with Bison and Shadaloo, uh, only to, to leave all that behind and then succumb to the Dark Hado like Ryu did. Uh, he's still fighting it, the last we see, and, and, uh, and Ryu and Sagat actually working closely together to, to overcome the Satsui no Hado. It might be a really cool way to kind of tie these characters in and actually have a, a full-on redemption arc for Sagat. Um, you know, formerly Dishonored, he could work his way actually into being a good guy or maybe more of an anti-hero type of character. Um, it, you know, because he's not a full-on good guy. He's more of like, a, you know, hey, I'm... I've had a checkered past, but now I kind of want to redeem myself. And that actually makes him a fairly interesting character, in my opinion. I think Sagat is, I'd have to sit and think about it in order to, to say it concretely. But off the top of my head, Sagat's the most interesting character in Street Fighter's stories. The reason why is because he has constant change. Well, maybe not constant, but he has very significant change over his arc, you know? And that's what you just talked about. He starts as a bad guy. He starts at one point and then he learns lessons and not only that capcom brilliantly portrays the lessons sagat has learned visually on him he's got yes. this scar he's got this eye patch those are both lessons and you can I, I did a story a year or so ago based on the, the the eye patch and such and and how that's you know tied to the inability to pay attention and the consequence that comes from that and it's like he will always remember because he's got that eye thing and i would like to see you know them add something else 
uh, visually on him. It doesn't necessarily have to be a wound, although the first two are, uh, but it's something that changes about him physically that shows yet another evolution in his character progression. Mm, he is a he's a sexy character character. A sexy character story. I don't know. He's good. I like him. He's sexy. That's what we're getting at, right? Zagat is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> he actually, uh, unlike most other characters uh, in the game, he actually has a, a plot arc. Uh, most other characters are kind of a plot flat line. They don't actually go anywhere. They just kind of start at the same spot and then end at the same spot. I don't know who I am, and I like dogs. <laughs> yeah. Now, I found a dog, but I do not know who I am. Yeah. Ben. Amazing. Amazing. As yes. Abel from Street Fighter 4. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so getting in here, uh, another character of interest, number eight, we have Oro. Oro takes center stage at the end of Street Fighter V's existence, being involved with numerous characters like Dawson, Manat, Rose, G, and others. Uh, not only can that... I just uh, jump in here and say we don't need... Oro can be a story character. I don't think we need Oro in the game. I know that he's mm. kind of wonky and stuff, but like... Okay, fair enough. Bring him in as the old hermit story character and, and, and make something different about him this time, by the way. Uh, but like, I don't think he needs to be in the games anymore. Yeah. But that's just me. I'm kind of of the same mind as you. I'm not I'm not big on his design. Bringing him back to Street Fighter V was a good idea. Um, but what, what Oro does have going for him is, is he's very central to Street Fighter Three and where the plot is going overall. Oro is expected yeah. to hand the reins off to Ryu at some point, basically to, to say, like, Ryu, you're the most powerful fighter in the universe like me. Here here it is. You know, I'm 130 years old or like 150 or whatever by the time Street Fighter Six rolls around. Uh, maybe he's already dead. Um, and, and he's he's got to basically hand off what he's doing there. And one of the things about Oro uh, is he manipulates Ryu and all the other good guys to, to be in the roles that he thinks they should be in, right? And, and Oro's actually kind of a jerk in some regards. He he's he kind of portrays himself as like you know humble and other stuff, but he's just he's got machinations coming out his ears where he's trying to put everyone in different spots. Like he apparently has a fight with Alex in Third Strike, uh, or in, in the Street Fighter Three games, I should say. Um, and he doesn't even show up for it so Alex can win the tournament, right? Like he's just flat out doing all the stuff in the FGC that we hate. You know, like when people show up like for a he's tournament colluding. match or whatever, like they, they beat you a couple times and they don't show up for their match and they just get DQ'd. That's never happened before uh, to, to us personally. Um, but uh, we've heard of it happening to other people. You're smiling there, John. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to move on before we bury ourselves further and get into number seven. But but before I do that, uh, I just want to say that Oro's got a lot of stuff. But I agree with him not being a player character you can make him interesting uh outside of his gameplay i don't know if his gameplay is that interesting they tried in street fighter 5 but i do think his story is interesting yeah and a good change he could go through uh would be that he could die yeah yeah he, he, he's ready to die so <laughs> all right number seven we've got colleen we finally have a subordinate character who's highly capable in Colleen. Uh, we've seen people like Vega, Balrog, and Fong pretty much just be whipping boys over the years, and they've never really done much in the game themselves. Like that, just they they just pretty much are there to get their butts kicked. Colleen is different. She resurrected Ma Nash. She manipulated him into helping to destroy Bison, which set up her boss Gil for much greater things. She mm -hmm. misled a big group of our heroes into doing what was best for the Illuminati, her organization. She's actually capable and she has a mysterious backstory all of her own that we haven't fully explored yet. Colleen is one of the biggest success stories of Street Fighter V from a character standpoint, and I think she could have a really cool future. She was like the right hand of Gil, and then she literally changed who she was, or he changed who she was, and there's probably a good bit more to read into there that I haven't done yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, she was a success, and yes, she did a lot, especially relative to most of the rest of the characters, so I'll give you that. Um, 
I think that she could, yes, she could take this momentum and we could give her another shot here in Street Fighter VI. I think we're, we're leaning forward in our seats enough for that, but I, I wouldn't give her any more than that. I, I'm not, it's not proven otherwise, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I, I can kind of actually see Blanca uh, jumping out of nowhere and, and tackling Colleen right into a pit of lava right at the start of Street Fighter VI and they both unceremoniously die. Uh, because shouts to Gollum uh, and shouts to Capcom because they're like, we finally have something good to work with. Let's just whatever. It's gone. And Colleen's dead. So <laughs> anyway, moving on to number six, um, I've got Rose. Uh, Rose may be one of the main vehicles that Street Fighter Six uses to traverse through the timeline. Uh, only a few characters are actually capable of time travel in this franchise. And, and before Street Fighter Five, we didn't know that anyone could do that at all. Right. Uh, so it's basically like Rose and Zeku and that's it. Um, Rose will likely be used to go back through various moments in the franchise and her perspective and possibly interactions with past characters are going to create and recreate some major moments in the franchise. Like we're going to see major stuff go down with Rose. I'm um, hoping again, they go back to Sagat getting a scar, uh, Bison's mm -hmm. rise to power. There's all this other kind of stuff. And so even if, if Rose can't manipulate through time travel or whatever, she can only view it. It's still going to be interesting and she's going to be one of the more compelling characters that we see here. Oh no, I just had an idea. You know how like in Smash Bros, especially like even back in Melee, they had those situational, I mean, they do it in modern Smash, Smash as well, like situational battles and such. They did that in Street Fighter, but it the situation was based around like the moment Sagat got his scar and something mm -hmm. you had to like, you know, there's an objective to do within this. And um, that's starting to almost get away from fighting games a little bit, <laughs> but, but fair enough, that's that's interesting. And that might be something that, you know, we talked about in our last video, uh, how you would appeal to a, a newer crowd with uh, old old school, like a, a reimagining of what Street Fighter, at least it's one player modes might be. So, yeah, well, I mean, what if you had to hit like a frame perfect shuriken on Scott to give him a scar? You know, like you oh, had and to just actually, part of training mode. That'd it, be cool too. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, like kind of like a maybe a quick time event or something like that, where it's kind of scripted. Mm -hmm. You get to fight Sagat, and then you have an opportunity to give him a scar, and you've got to land it. You know, and and it's it's you know tying it, making good compelling single player content that actually makes you better at the game right and it's actually fun to do you know like that it's not everyone could do a shuriken like frame perfect right but if you can you, you give scott a scar and you're out of that time travel loop you're, you're good to go you know like it, a lot of fun stuff they can have uh, and, and hopefully as fun as number five here on the list and that would be jury one thing about jury is if there's an active plot thread going around with people trying to take over the world she's been involved with it she seems yeah. to always be a, a major player in all the evil kind of plot threads going on, but her kind of going rogue and doing her own thing. And she's one of the more popular characters in the franchise overall. She also likely won the Street Fighter Five uh, or Street Fighter Four tournament by delivering the killing blow on Seth. And she's actually got heavy ties to the Illuminati as well. If you're looking for trouble, Jury is going to help you find it. She's got her hands in all the trouble pots for sure. Huh? Yeah. Um, and she's also beloved. Right. Like you, you don't need to, to you don't need an excuse to put jury in and they have plenty already. So I, I think for sure she's going to be around. She might be a stable character and if not, definitely DLC. Um, she's she's too hot for too many reasons. And uh, well, as you're saying here, easy enough to fit into the story. So, yeah, I don't disagree. But there's something needs to change about her. Maybe it's just her gameplay. I'm not sure. Yeah, she'll just lose the other eye and get the other one replaced and patch it up and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so yeah. 
they'll, they'll have good stuff with jury so beyond your eye i hope uh but anyway number maybe four it's like maybe it's a character like personality change because because her personality has been so the same like maybe she goes through something that changes her her outlook on life or or i think that's the next interesting thing to do with jury but also at the same time you can't go away from what makes the character the character mm-hmm. uh <laughs> unless you want a whole lot of angry angry letters from pity or from fighting game fans well I, I, following up on that actually i look at jury as a um an agitator with a plot she helps move stuff along so well and she oftentimes operates on her own and, and she can do really compelling stuff just by disrupting characters plans and trying to get her own agenda across and mm-hmm. I, I think that really uh, gives her a good operating you know um, uh, space to work with and but it also fits her personality really well which her personality is pretty beloved in my opinion uh, so I wouldn't want to see Capcom change that I just want to see them put jury in more situations where she can really flourish and get out there and really be that disruptor so at number four, we've got Gil uh, taking over the world and starting a, a new society of all powerful people is a difficult task. Uh, it's full of murder, rigging tournaments and general mayhem. I'm not talking about FGC tournaments. I'm talking about Gil. Um, this should create all sorts of opportun- opportunities for Gil to really end up being a just central figure in the in Street Fighter Six, and he may end up going head to head against G at some point as the two major bosses of of the future kind of square off. Um, Gil may even emerge as a main new boss again. I know uh, clearly he was that in Street Fighter Three, um, uh, but you know he he's definitely going to be in the running uh, as a a central figure. He's highly intelligent, he's highly capable, and he uses his wits and literal godlike powers to move the chess pieces around the board to manipulate people. He's really interesting figure uh and does it not only through his you know force but but through his wits yeah he's metaphorical as <laughs> af and also uh, i think that in terms of the gil g storyline which is something that street fighter 5 has kind of turned us on to like let's have an expectation about how that goes um, g in and of itself uh, in and of himself but then also you know gills like just kind of this you, you can't really divorce him from the story with where it's at right now um and i think that he gill wins that fight and turns g into q in some way um and you could also do a cool graphical thing with a g morphing into being a q uh but like with g's you know uh what's it, his alternate costume where he's q in street fighter 5 uh, that needs to be attended to in some way because yeah. that I don't think that that's ever been addressed except for the fact that it exists and you can't just do that and say like well this character sort of shaped the same way so eh, he's wearing Q stuff it's like now nah. especially in this day and time there's a reason you did that and we want to know what the reason is even if you did originally do it with just oh we could do this and people would like it well now make it part of that damn story gotcha yeah so at number three we've got Luke John Luke has a very bright future in front of him. And he gets to third on my list here for a couple of reasons. One, Capcom said he's going to be a big part of a new game. So I'm taking them at their word, and there's no possible way that could ever go wrong. So, secondly, he looks vastly different in Street Fighter Six compared to, uh, you know, uh, he was basically little more than a boy in Street Fighter Five, right? He just, you know, kind of come of age, he, he gets in the military and other stuff. Um, now he's got scars and he looks way more uh, like the Joker from the Batman franchise than I thought could be possible. Um, and, and, and there should be a really compelling jaunt through Luke's story. And hopefully it has a nice payoff for fans of the series. Um, but I don't want to add any more fuel to the fire here as I'm already placing a lot of faith in Capcom to deliver with this guy. Do you think Capcom's actually going to l- deliver with Luke here and they're going to actually follow up? I, I'm, you know, I've got him at number three. Do you think I, I'm off base there? I, well, they've, they've told us directly, look at this guy. You know, he's important. And then, like you're saying, there's a big evolution in, in, in the, his visuals in the transition from five to six 
and the the nature of the scars and the well, like the facial expressions that he makes in the trailer do come across as more evil, more like chaotic. Um, and and like the allure of him turning evil or him being corrupted away is like that immediately grabs my attention. So I hope that they do something like that with him, uh, because like Luke now, he's just this he's like a, a young kid who's that's always annoying because he's like 20 and and. Louis get CK off my lawn my now. landscaping you damn kids yeah, yeah. well you know. <laughs> yes and then i threw my hip out uh but no like he he is kind of annoying in that he's a really good character and he's just got that stupid face with the stupid hair and you want to punch him in his braces and give him those scars and man if that happens and got in street fighter 6 the story like he got the scars because he got uppercutted in the face and it was a frame perfect maybe that's after you beat sagat and you give him his scar the next level is luke and you got to give him his facial scars by frame perfectly tatsuing his face uh I guess that's how I feel about Luke. <laughs> okay, good to know. At number two, we've got Chun-Li. This woman defeats the most powerful crime syndicate in the history of the franchise, Shadaloo. Except that hasn't really happened on screen in a way we're expecting it to. Perhaps this was the end of Street Fighter V already, uh, but the way it was told by Yurian, it seems like Chun-Li led more of a direct charge here, wiping out the rest of the crime organization following Bison's death. It seems like Chun-Li has more of a, a role to play here as an Interpol agent and other stuff. And um, she's also voiced by Laura Bailey, who's one of the most acclaimed voice actresses in the entire business right now and who's won multiple awards for her performances. And, and outside of Ryu, this is Capcom's most dominant presence in the franchise. And all things are pointing to her having a major impact on the game this time around. There's a lot for her to do. Mm -hmm. And we are very much now in a time where uh, media, uh, you know, television, movies and such, uh, women are delivering the final blows. Women are leading the charge. Um, and you almost have to, and, and like a lot of it falls into this, like you just put a girl there because you want to and, and stuff. But when it's well done, like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm watching a show right now where they've very much qualified and made this a legitimate story where a woman rises up to lead the team. And you're like, absolutely. Um, that really flows in the direction that society is flowing right now. And so I, I have a hard time imagining like Capcom missing that completely here in 2022. I think Chun-Li is going to be the one that delivers the final blow that makes a lot of the big uh, decisions that leads the team in a more significant way than she ever has before. And she has been set up to do that. Yeah. We've known that Bison killed her family on a Tuesday so long ago and that she's been on this revenge um, trip for, for so long. And, and um, it's time for the strongest woman in the world to be the strongest woman in the world, uh, or it's an opportunity for that in a way that we've never seen before. So um, I hadn't thought about it before, but now that you bring it up, yeah, all eyes on Chun-Li for some big moves in SF6. Hopefully. Yeah. It's uh it's they, they've been setting it up for a long time. They've got to pay it off now and, and let's see it. But at number it's one, the time to do it. Yep, yeah. Yep. Number one, previously mentioned G and Q. Uh, shout out to Capcom saying that in making Nikali the boss of Street Fighter V and then changing their minds later and making it G <laughs> and announcing it randomly on a website, not even in the game, because sure. Uh, here's the thing about G, though, is obviously he's heavily based on Q, and Q is maybe the single most mysterious playable figure in the entire Street Fighter series. Mm. Q murders people. There appears to be multiple of cue of him that can appear in multiple locations at one point in time and oh yeah he might also be g or related to g he's got a lot going on with him and the guy in the background of ken's stage in sf2 if they tie that guy into this story too 
hats off Capcom. All the negative things I've ever said about your story, it's telling skills out the window. We'll start fresh there. There we go. So uh, G is also insanely powerful. And according to Rose, he's going to destroy the world or the universe if left unchecked. Very few people can actually pull that off. Uh, most people don't have the power to do that. So we never got to see GRQ realized fully in Street Fighter V. Far too many things stood in their ways. But if Capcom plays their cards right, they should be able to have an outstanding presence in the new game. This should be a home run for Capcom finally getting past Bison. And I'm sure Bison's going to come back and, you know, various time travel modes and other stuff like that. Like, how how could you not have Bison in this game, right? But the the future Bison should be dead. Like, the, by the time Street Fighter VI rolls around, Bison should be dead dead uh not mostly dead but fully dead and and then so g and q need to rise up and, and be that presence here john do you think do you think we're going to get a, a a strong villain that we actually care about killing and wiping out do you think if that we're in deliver? if we're in the best timeline yes and and things are primed for that I, i'm again cautiously optimistic that capcom will now like they've done a decent job setting these kind of things up for us. Will they knock them down now? Like, well, they've set it up. Give us what we want. You know, like they've done, you know, shave and a haircut. Give us the bump bump, you know, and 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 not the bump bump. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, so <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to, you know what? Good energy, good vibes, power of suggestion. Capcom's going to knock it out of the park. All right. Ain't no possible way Street Fighter 6 is going to go wrong at all. So, all right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up for this week of Event Hub's Talk and Block. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and hopefully we didn't just jinx Street Fighter 6 into being the worst game of all time. We'll be back with you soon. Something about positivity, but yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs>